All right, brothers and sisters, uh, we come to the preaching of the word this morning. And I want to invite you to please once again turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 15. We've already had two sermons from John 15 so far. Uh, abiding and fruit bearing have been the two that we've had uh, so far. And we're going to continue this week by focusing on verses 12 through 17, which I've mentioned in the other sermons, uh, but I'd like to hone in on it a little bit more. Uh, this week because of the centrality of the idea of friendship that is in this section. God willing, we'll have one more sermon to finish up this chapter next week. But let me read the word for us and then pray. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Friended, Lord, we pray that you would help us by the power of the indwelling spirit to know of the friendship that you have made with us and to know how to extend it to the world. And we pray this in your name, amen. Jesus said, you are my friends. I have called you friends. Now, maybe, maybe we can imagine as we read that, what that moment must have been like for them to hear that, to hear, have their ears perk up and go, wait a minute, what did he just say to the now 11, right? Now, Judas is gone, to the now 11 disciples who are there. What, what a moment that must have been. But even more astonishing, and for me at least, even more difficult to imagine is myself, is the wonder of, of imagining Jesus sitting in front of me and saying to me, you are my friend. I, I can scarcely imagine the sweetness of that and the sweetness of this application of this scripture to ourselves. 75 years before Jesus spoke these words, Cicero wrote on friendship and extolled friendship uh, as, uh, with the exception of wisdom, the greatest of all of the gifts that has been bestowed on mankind. Friendship, Cicero says, unites human hearts and next to goodness, friendship is the finest thing in all the world. Now, as Cicero wrote, he realized that friendship as a word, as a term, and friendship as a practice can be used in all sorts of ways. And even scripture itself recognizes that also about the idea of friendship. Sometimes, especially in the Roman world, there were uh, definitions of friendship that revolved around profit and benefit, uh, sometimes casual acquaintances can be referred to 
as friends. Sometimes there are true friends, but they're actually passing acquaintances. They're, they're not people you know or have in your life for a long time. But as Cicero wrote, he didn't want to denigrate the idea of friendship by allowing those other things to define what it is. He wanted, as he wrote, to be able to preserve the ideal of friendship that is grounded in love and in goodness. So he wanted to hold for that. And, and certainly, it's obvious, I suspect, to all of us that we live in a time where the word friend can be applied pretty loosely, right? It can be applied to hundreds, if not thousands, of people. I know that, you know that. I don't even need to reference the sections for it. I, I referenced it in the title of the sermon itself. But what I'd like to do is instead of harping on that, I'd like to just acknowledge it and, and kind of just put it off to the side for a moment. I just, I just want to lay it, lay it over here and not allow that to be our focus. Instead, I want to appreciate the treasure that it is to be friended by Jesus. He's not a pal. He's not a buddy. He's not a passing fancy. He's the ruler and the Lord of the universe, our savior, our Lord, our master, our groom, our maker, defender, redeemer, and our dearest friend. He's the king, I tell you, folks. And we are his friends. Today, I'd like to use an easy, familiar illustration to kind of orient our thoughts on this passage this morning. Just if, if you'd work with me just to structure this, just think for a moment of a stone thrown into the middle of a small pond uh, or into the middle of uh, a puddle and think of the ripples that it creates as a stone is thrown in. The stone that is thrown in in our passage today is, is the stone of friendship or in particular, Jesus extending friendship to the 11 who are around him. Now, the disciples would have been well aware that if you survey the Old Testament and you look at the idea of friendship and who has been called in the Old Testament a friend of God, that the, the list is really short. In fact, it only includes two names. The first is Moses, and the reference would be to the passage that we read earlier in the service where uh, as the Lord spoke with him, he spoke with him face-to-face, -face, and that's a metaphor uh, that's not literally face-to-face, -face, but in the way that he spoke to him, it was as a man speaks to his friend. And the other person who is on the list is Abraham. And Abraham in scripture is called a friend of God or by God himself in the prophet Isaiah, God calls him my friend. So there you go, that's the list. It, it's a short, august list, Abraham and Moses. So Jesus, when he uses these words here, he, he's not being casual. He, he, he's not just saying, this is something nice to say, I want to call you my friend. He is making and he is marking a change. A, a new epic is taking place when Jesus says those words, a new intimacy, akin to, if we would put it forward, akin to the tearing of the curtain of the temple at his death. It, it, what's happening here 
is an, an exposed and a revealed affection. And, and it's going to be called something in particular. It's going to be called friendship. It is, it is the relationship established and it is the relationship that is declared as well. You are no longer, what Jesus is saying, simply servants, simply disciples or apostles. You are still those things and those things are good words and they're important titles that you have, but they are all functional when you think about them. Servants do and uh, disciples learn and apostles go and represent. You are those things, but, but at the core, I call you friends. And what are friends? Friends are loved and friends love. And that's the meaning of the word. That's the etymology of the word. If you look it up in English, if you look it up in Latin or Greek, it's the etymology of the word to love, to be loved and to love one another. And so Jesus calls them friends. J.C. Ryle, the great old uh, commentary writer, theologian, pastor, writes this. This is indeed a glorious privilege to know Christ, serve Christ, follow Christ, obey Christ, work in Christ's vineyard, fight Christ's battles. All this is no small matter. But for sinful men and women like ourselves to be called friends of Christ is something that our weak minds can hardly grasp and take in. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords not only pities and saves all them that believe in him, but actually calls them his friends. He continues, we need not wonder in the face of such language as this, that St. Paul should say, the love of Christ passeth knowledge. And so it does, end quote from Ryle. Jesus is thus conferring on the disciples at this moment a, a, a new status, friends. So, so, so that's the stone that is thrown in here. Friendship with Jesus is the stone that's thrown into the pond, and the ripples immediately begin as Jesus explains what he means. And as he explains, think of it this way in the first place. Think of the fact that he explains that this friendship is rooted in disclosure. In, in revealing himself to those who are his friends. You know, let, let's just think about it generally. You talk about things with your friends that you don't talk about with any other people. You share things about yourself with your friends that you don't share with people who aren't your friends. Servants, as Jesus makes a point, servants don't receive explanations, right? Servants get orders. But but you, Jesus is saying to you, I reveal all the words that my father has given to me. I'm revealing all that I can. And in fact, if we were to bring in John 14 and John 16 as well into this, in fact, I'm going to give you with my father the spirit of truth. And the spirit of truth is going to remind you of all of the words and embed the words deep into your heart with the result that as Paul writes to the Corinthians, he can say to them, we have the mind of Christ. That's how much Jesus has revealed himself to us, disclosed himself to us in friendship. We have the mind of Christ. So friendship in disclosure 
And then, of course, the, the friendship in sacrifice, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. I mean, friends do things for one another. Friends do what they can for one another. But no friend does as much as Jesus did for us. And consider this from our earlier promise of forgiveness in Romans chapter 5. I, I chose that very particularly for this reason, that our status before being friended by Jesus wasn't, our status was not uh, worthy of friendship. Uh, basically, nice person uh, waiting for divine friendship, or I'm a good candidate for friendship, wouldn't you like to have me as a friend? Instead, according to Romans chapter 5, we were weak, we were ungodly, we were unrighteous, we were sinners under wrath, we were enemies. Now, what I find fascinating about this, to, to, to tie it back for a moment to Cicero, is Cicero writes of friendship that one of the essential foundations of friendship is the goodness that is in both of the friends, that, that both of the friends are good and seek to pursue goodness. Well, what do you do? What do you do when you are Jesus, goodness itself, and, and, and we're who we are? We're who we are. This list that just described or described us in Romans chapter five, that's, that's who we are. And, and, and so in order to secure and, and to make a friendship with those who are not good in any way, then Jesus says, I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to lay down my life for you. The, the friendship that we have with Jesus is a friendship that is centered in the cross, in what he has done for us that only he could do to establish and secure this friendship. And then he continues on, last component of just this, this explaining the friendship that Jesus does here uh, initially, is he, he goes on to say, so that we don't get proud in any way of our friendship with him and 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 which of us which of us has not at some point boasted uh in a way that that recognized in conversation that such and such a person was a friend of ours and of course we weren't doing that to extol our friend we were doing that to extol ourselves so lest the disciples feel boastful somehow that jesus is a friend or jesus calls me friend jesus immediately says let me let me just be clear about something I chose you. I chose, you didn't choose me. You didn't, you didn't make me your friend. I chose you. I extended this to you. So to work it backwards, Jesus is saying, listen, the, the, the origin of the friendship is from me. The ability to have the friendship is me laying down my life, the cross for you. And the nature of the friendship is that I reveal myself. I disclose who I am to you. And, and then the ripples continue to extend. And the next kind of ripple that we see that moves out is this phrase, do what I command. That's what's expected of you as friends, do what I command. The friendship is not established by what we do. Let's be clear about that. We've already clarified that. But it certainly is, it's certainly recognized. It's certainly manifested in what we do because this is a friendship that changes us it receives us as we are and in fact i think that was one of the lines of the hymn that we just sang 
but but it doesn't praise god leave us as we were it's it's a transformative friendship it is it is a friendship that to just say it casually makes us better makes us desirous to be a better person and it is a friendship then that elevates us N not only in status does it elevate us but it elevates who we are and what we do all right now i, I gotta be questioned i gotta be honest here as we go go into this this section let me read for us verse 14 i've got a question for you does anything in you bristle at verse 14 here's verse 14 you are my friends if you do what i command you now maybe there's some of you who worry about that who hear that command and wonder wow if i don't if i don't obey jesus am i his friend and to you i would say remember the cross jesus has just spoken of the cross that is going to be the establishment of this but there's another side to this there's there's a bristling that might take place when you read those words because if you do what i command you seems a lot at least when i read it to me like a sermon that's something you say to a servant not necessarily to a friends and so I, I i struggle with that but i think as i've as i've kind of reflected on this week i think it's because of the old lie that still lurks in my heart and and perhaps it's the the grandest lie of the old liar it, it, it's this that obedience is no fun that as one author puts it obedience is doom and gloom that it stifles my creativity that it restricts my freedom that it constricts my personhood and that ultimately no matter what you say ultimately it's incompatible with love and with joy and with friendship you are my friends if you do what i command you and my that old self that old lie lurks and maybe in yours as well to go wait a minute what 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 was that listen i i, I really think that part of the intent of jesus in this section is to go back to the original lie and to do all he can to take apart to obliterate to destroy that lie because i don't think you could say any more positively in verses 10 through 17 i don't think you could lodge obedience any more positively than jesus does here abide think of it abide in my love these things i give you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full and i call you my friends oh here's my prayer that i that i bring out of this for myself would would that it be that i would i would grow so that what i said a couple of weeks ago would be true of me that in fact obedience would be characterized by my saying as you wish my beloved as you wish that it would be my delight because jesus has called me his friend all right the last ripple all of this that jesus has done here has an objective there's an objective associated with this and the objective actually isn't just throwing the rock into the middle of the pond the question becomes what is the command okay if jesus says you have to do what i've commanded you what is the command that he's calling us to obey why is he saying this calvin writes it this way 
Christ sometimes proclaims the greatness of his love to us that he may more fully confirm our confidence in our salvation. Now, let me, let me just put a period there for just a moment. There's a comma there, actually, but let me just make it a period. So Christ proclaims the greatness of his love, you are my friends, to confirm in us the confidence of our salvation. We have seen that in chapter 14. We have seen that in chapter 13, and we'll see it again in chapter 16 when we get to that. In fact, it's kind of reflected in the hymn that we sang at the beginning of this service. It's a very personal hymn. It's a hymn about the friendship that Jesus has extended to us and that we have great joy, great comfort in being able to call him our friend. But that, while true and valuable, is actually not the objective in Jesus calling us friends in this particular passage. And now let me continue with Calvin. But now he proceeds further to inflame us by his example to love the brethren. That's the intent here. The, the intent is to inflame us to do what brackets the section, right? 12 and 17, bracketing our section. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And then verse 17, these things I command you so that you will love one another. The, the stone of friendship is thrown into the pond by Jesus, not merely so that we can enjoy the friendship. Although to be sure, we should enjoy the friendship. That's, that's at, the, at, the, at the core of this. But it's thrown in at this particular time, in this particular place, so that we might extend the friendship. That's the goal. As ripples expand, as, as ripples extend, Jesus has plopped into the middle of our lives a declaration that he has called us friends with a calling that goes along with us, with that, to say to us, now, love each other. That's what he's looking for. That's his objective here. Their love for each other, the love of these 11 men for one another, the friendship of the 11 men for, the one, for one another, and our love for each other as well. John, our writer of the gospel, he got it. He understood it. He understood that Jesus was forming a society of friends. Catchy, catchy kind of name, society of friends. And so he closes his letter, third John, saying, peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends each by name. John saw the community of faith, the church, as a, as a society of friends. Let me summarize it all on one sentence. We have been friended by our friend, capital F, to befriend and be friends. And I'll say it again. We have been friended by our friend, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we might, one word, befriend others who are not yet friends, to befriend and Two words, be friends. Lord, a high calling is ours 
but the greatest gift that we could possibly have to extend it has been given to us that you have declared us to be your friends. We who have faith in you because you've chosen us, you've called us, you've appointed us. We give you thanks and we rejoice in it and we pray that out of the assurance of your abiding love inside of us, that we would be able then with you, like the Trinity, to extend the friendship out into the world. Lord, bring the lost home and use us to do it. Help us to love one another as friends ought to love one another. In your name we pray.